welcome to episode, I don't know, one. <laughs> I'm looking B. It I'm looking it up right now. One C. Um, last time we recorded our podcast was August 18th of 2020. Oh, oh we did. 2020? Yeah. That's that's actually oh. sooner than I thought it would Remember, been. we were interviewing people. Oh, right. people to our church. That's right. We, should, we could do a whole new round of that. We could do a whole new round of that. So um, lots of Zoom interviews at that one. We recorded the Zoom ones. The last one was Mitch and Matt. Yeah. That was was that in COVID? Oh yeah. yeah well, yeah. What was that? What did I say? August of twenty twenty. I mean, we were pretending, like culturally, we were pretending that COVID was over by then. Oh, were we? I, um, I think so. I don't know. It's also in that period where everyone's trying to prove that they still have a, their job worked. Right, 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 right. Oh man, so many people with their identity crises, and I don't really have it. My job is meaningless through COVID. <laughs> Yeah. I would say as the pastor, though, it was the opposite. I yeah. felt more important. Yeah. I was weird. Even people that I think are just like, they're just like our friends. Like they've been our friends for a while. Like, pastor took on weird weight. Yeah. I felt a ton of stress to try to prove that I was, like, justifying my pay. Especially for, the like, the six months where we were only online. Like, just doing, like, Zoom church. Do you ever feel like for people who started with us... 15 years ago that you're not their pastor but anyone who's joined in the last five you're like oh yeah I'm, I'll be uh, pastor to you there's a difference in the way that those two groups of people talk to me and with me for sure yeah. and uh, I think it goes both ways like those yeah. um, I'm trying to think of people that started with us that are still here like I'm like those are people I would go to for advice those are people I right. go to as peers well I think that's the difference too because I think in the beginning a lot of people who have still stuck around they had this mentality of, I'm going to help Justin and Jason. Right, 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 right. And that mentality never went away, and it, they did. They sure. did help. And But now I think they still see it's like, oh, I'm helping. But no one who comes now thinks, oh, I'm helping these guys. Right, right, They're right. coming to, you know, be a part of the thing or whatever. Yeah, but. every once in a while, especially when I'm meeting with new folks that come to our church, like I have to... Like, some of the deference that I think historically maybe has gone associated with pastors comes in, and I'm always off guard by it, and I try to do my best, but yeah, you don't, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You don't have to do that here. So, welcome to Pastor Pastors. Uh, we are starting this back up, because A, people seemed to like to listen. Uh, uh, find our church, because it was yeah. weird. And we've been wanting to do it for a while, and just haven't had a chance, and now we're back at it. With some yeah. new segments, which I think will be cool. Well, we don't know what they are yet. Yeah, some of them. I, we had some ideas in there. We kick-started restarting this podcast for at least a year. Yeah. Everyone's like, we should. We should start. We should do that again. We should start. I'm always surprised. I pay for it every year. I buy the subscription to keep oh, our stuff yeah. up to date. So it's still on. One of them got deleted. Elsie's uh, podcast got deleted. Is it lost? I don't know. I mean, she has the she CDs. Has the CD so you, she's always like, I got that disc still. We should go get I, I don't know what made it. I was worried that she had said something that got it canceled. Oh. But I couldn't. Maybe. Who knows? It's entirely possible. That'd be awesome. Oh, we did get canceled off Facebook, though, right? Uh, Oh, the word bastard. Yeah. But I think it's still on there. They flagged it as inappropriate or something? I don't know. I've got multiple. Since we stopped doing this, I think I've had like five different Facebook, like, dings. Um, So, so yeah, we talked about, like, doing podcasting so grown up now. It's so much more of an art form or it's so much more corporate now. So when I listen to podcasts, I hear them that have segments and like production value. The production value is pretty easy to do. I've been doing, I made my own music bed for the, uh, 
the Lecture Divina podcast this week. I went through it. Did, like you made it? Like I just used software. Instruments. Oh, gotcha. I didn't know if you like I sat pieced, down and I thought recorded. about it, but I pieced together song. song you should make all of our segments have musical intros, but using instruments that Monty will never let you use Ooh, on stage: accordion, banjo, <laughs> mandolin. I'm sure penny three, whistle, yeah. recorder, any of those things. Those are all Irish songs. <laughs> the heart, the mouth harp. The, <laughs> Anything that you would be like, he'd be like, no. The problem with that is, is that he doesn't let me play those instruments because I suck at all. Not mandolin. I can play mandolin competently. Uh, the other instruments I'd be terrible at. He doesn't like that style of folk music generally. So mm. even if I was good at it, he wouldn't let it on our stage either. People are always shocked when I tell them that. Elsie is mad at how when I tell her I can't play the accordion. She's like, you, you help start this church. You get to make the rules. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I did. I am gonna make a rule. To be fair, she's mad all the all time. time. All the time. But she doesn't like it if you ask her she's mad. <laughs> which is the thing I've discovered. Uh, so we're starting this. Uh, the week. Holy week. Holy week. This is the first year I've ever referred to as Holy Week. You say Passion Week too. Um, I've not always just been like, oh, that's Lent. It's because I've been reading this uh, Richard Rohr and this Walter Brueggemann book. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they kept saying, this is the last week of Lent. Last week, I was like, it's not the last week. And I was like, oh, holy that's because this is Holy Week. It's got its own thing. And it's got its own thing. Which is really fun. A lot of churches add in, so you should have, like, sunrise prayers, 9 a.m. prayers, noon prayers, dinner prayers, and sunset prayers. Matins? I mean, matins? It's French. Um, It comes out of that, like, a more, the French tradition in the West was more meditative. And so they have it. uh, I've been doing a lecture divina every day for it. So that's... That is, runs year round. The lecture of divina. No, no. Lecture divina is just a style of reading scripture. Oh, gotcha. So okay. that's just a you read, you contemplate, you meditate, and you're quiet. Oh. It's very structured. So Protestants took it and just called it quiet time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But Protestants <laughs> we're gonna call it quiet time. Protestants, I don't think we're ever this. So this has a cool like read for comprehension. The second movement is to read with imagination. So like today was Judas betraying Jesus was the reading. Um, so, like, what did you imagine? Do you imagine that taking place in a big room? Mm. What was the Sanhedrin Hall look like? Or, or did Jesus not? Did Judas not go into this hall? Did he meet with them like some side? That's room? fine. Um, what did the sounds of the coins make as you jingle? Those kind of things. Yesterday, my youngest asked me, "Okay, what's what's the de- what's what are Catholics? Are they no. Christians?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, obviously." And told him some of the history. But then he was like, well, what's the difference between us and them? And I was like, oh, it just depends on who you ask. Because right, right. uh, my tradition grew up like they are the worst. Right. Like a cult. I had a class. It was sure. like the cult of Catholicism, which is certainly not what we think. Uh, but there's a difference. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't articulate it without sounding like I was like knocking on their uh-huh. style of worship or... Uh, corporateness or the priesthood so every difference i came up with i was like yeah they're cool though they're good they're cool just you know i always get a roar i'm like i love richard roar and he's catholic he's franciscan though but (laughs) it's ecclesiology right it's the way i talk about the just the way we do church Mm. they have some different beliefs Yep, I did not say that. It's a good one. It's a quick, easy way to say it. Mine was like a 30-minute conversation. But I was like, yeah! Going back and forth. I, so I was telling somebody today that uh, my only test for faith is the resurrection. And so since Catholics believe in the resurrection, I think that we're on the same team. They might not think that. Well, and from our sermon series last year, the Lent series we did, 
which to this day is probably the most like the only sermon series we ever did where like I'm learning a new thing uh-huh. and we're reading me and you both read the same book on these four different ways to that traditionally the church has looked at atonement I forgot. and uh i was like learning it as i was going and that i mean usually it's things i already know or life experiences or whatever but uh and so i was like oh so there's different ways to see this this is kind of cool yeah and, uh yeah I, well i think i think for most of us we want like hard and fast rules that say right and wrong or categories the church is just too big for that, right? Yeah. There's some well, things I and, do that my Catholic brothers and sisters do. Yeah. But they would say the same about me. Yeah. But that series, uh, when you just said that, your, your test is the resurrection, that series let me see that that's still a pretty broad category. Yeah, for sure. You can think. For sure. You, it doesn't have to be, like, because when you said that, my immediate thing is this one thing that you really have to believe, and that is it, but it's also a one thing with... Pretty yeah. great edges. I'm looking, looking across the off my office at my bookshelf, and like the N.T. Wright book on the resurrection is 900 pages on just the word resurrection, and he goes through like every poem that every Greek writer ever wrote about what resurrection can mean, and he goes through the like the fact that whatever the Greeks meant, it's not what Paul meant when he wrote but the New Testament writers. Like this is a unique concept forever, and so yeah, that was my first like. There's a massive thing of belief here, and I just feel like folks are really arrogant when they just decide yeah. to like this this boundary breaking idea that you've got it figured out. And everybody else is stupid. Yeah, that sort of arrogance will drive me crazy. Take that Restoration Church, <laughs> well, um. and it's everybody. Right? It's every <laughs> it's one of my. I've said this a lot lately, so it must be weighing on my mind. The criticism that somebody said to me is a criticism. Well, you just think you're always right. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're always right. <laughs> you what, saying that makes you thing, think that what, you're right. What thing do you think that you don't think is right? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple, but they're just culture opinions that I know are just not popular. But generally, we all think we're right, right? Yeah. until we're shown that we're not. And, um, I think that's it. The ability to say, oh, okay, I'm not writing that. That's cool. Yeah. I think something different now. If you Most people don't have that. Most people don't have that. If you weren't non-denominational church, which tradition do you think you'd go to? Ooh. Um, so I have two answers to this because I do think about that actually quite quite often. Only because of Richard Rohr, right. the Franciscans. Yeah. But, like, when I've talked to people who grew up in prison church, they're like, dude, that's, uh, like, uh, Roger Bacon, the yeah. church, like, anyone who went to school, they're like, hey, man, they, they beat the hell out of us <laughs> with the <laughs> knots. No, they have the, they have the oh, knots on their ropes, yeah. and that's what they would smack kids with. <laughs> Still, I, to this day. I, my grandfather was Catholic and went to a Catholic church school, but his nun had a, had a, yo- a metal yo-yo. And she could hold it, and she could whip That's it awesome. at you like an X Man. That's a skill. And like flick it and hit you in the head. But they all got used to dodging. Yeah. And see if she should make him hit the kid behind you. <laughs> um. So, uh, but I like his view of like, and he'll, you know, everyone says like, oh, he's so, you know, when you're old, you can just yeah, be as yeah. loose as you want with it. Um. But uh, outside of that, if I, if are you going to a mainline denomination, yeah, whatever you want, man. Probably I would, um, because I I like those. Money's good. Um, I would probably, because of my experience, I like Presbyterian, but every Lutheran I've ever met mm. seems real cool. I've never met a Lutheran Ooh. who's not uh, 
pretty well grounded. You want the Missouri the Missouri Synod Lutherans have got I think that's right. They've got some really fundamentalist beliefs. They're oh. real hardcore. They're like the more conservative Presbyterians. When I meet someone who's a Lutheran, I'm like, oh, you seem pretty well grounded and yeah. grounded. Like yeah. you get it. I think uh, I asked that question because we were talking. I think I'd go Orthodox. I think I'd go Greek Orthodox. Like Greek Orthodox. Yeah. It smells good in there. I love, smells like burning incense. Man, there's something. It's like It's like magical. Like to go to their worship service is not something you would go in. Kids wouldn't run around and play. Like it's so severe. Right. That like it feels like such a like hard break between my world and what happens yeah. in their sanctuary. And I think that's cool. Like I like the sensory deprivation of walking into their rooms. But isn't the, isn't the irony behind the conversation that if we any of us grew up in any of that or any tradition, you go somewhere else. You go somewhere else. Except Catholics, man, they stay real loyal. Like. They stay real loyal. <laughs> yeah, them. but it's also, it requires a lot less. It requires a lot I less. think we're asking a lot more people. Well, their theology says that they're in, so they're right. in. So it doesn't really matter yeah. what happens. Um, There's a lot of, there is, and that Catholic guilt is, I, I talk, I think of my neighbors a lot. Uh, who are like they love to talk to me because like oh you actually really like this yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're really in they go twice a year but they're always guilty yeah. oh I, I know I don't go I'm like I don't care man <laughs> my, but that's true about people there's, there's somebody who goes to legend I think I think they still would say they go to legend and I was asking them I was like hey man we have to you and I normally don't ask people and they immediately sort of started falling over themselves to apologize and they said man we've got We've got kids. We've got like a blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. All more, and I was like, yeah, "Hey, man, I know. Like, I have to be there every Sunday morning, so I get it. But like, I don't normally ask people why they don't go to church because yeah. I don't want to induce the guilt. Because that's not the point. But yeah. I'm asking them to make sure everything's okay. I get that people want to sleep in on Sunday mornings. Yeah. We're not a. I don't think many churches are a. I don't know any church now that people are coming every week. We have some who we have do, some. but like where the majority is coming every week. I, I think that's an old. I think it's a mentality that's going away. Like I, I grew up like that. Yeah. Like I, we, we were on vacation. Never. We were. Uh, we would go to like the Outer Banks, and there was a little church we'd go to every year, and the Outer Banks, because that's we would, or like we'd be camping, Never. and they would have like a uh, vespers on Sunday yeah. mornings. So I would go to that. We would go to that. I, I think that's cool. It was awesome. You were in the woods, and yeah. like everyone got this little folder of songs and their old yeah. hymns, and this, and it was, and I. I just I've always liked I like I like church yeah you know? but, but I'm, I mean, I'm a, it's weird. That's why I'm a pastor I, 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 really I, like I do really love legend I do really love church but even when we're on vacation when we're on vacation now Kim's like hey I'm gonna because it's so easy to go to our church online now mm-hmm. Kim like dials in online I'm like what are you doing <laughs> it's, it, I get four Sundays a year off and just listen yeah. to this is gonna stress me out and I wouldn't I, I we we did actually when we were driving last week but we were driving so there's nothing else to do yeah. like the online thing has changed it. So now, like, because I, you know, I like to go to different, when we go to North Carolina, I'll go to my brother-in-law's Pentecostal church. And I I like it. I wouldn't like it every week, but I like just like, this is different. So I think I'd go the opposite way. If I was going to go to a different church, I want something more meditative and liturgical. I I feel like I'd want, the Presbyterians are right in the middle of that, right? So the Presbyterians are, that's where I grew up. So now I've gone full opposite end of the church. I've been... I should tell. Should think about this in a second. I think I'd go the opposite way for a while. I yeah. just want to go. I want to go be trained in how to like stall, calm my brain and be meditative and thoughtful. Mm. And I'm not very good at that, and so I would look at that as a discipline as opposed to like I'm good at this. Yeah. No, the pres but Presbyterian, you can go to one and it would look exactly like us, yes. and you can go to one and it would look dram- like yeah, dramatically for different. Sure. Like, so man, I made a joke on Sunday about our Presbyterian church about my dad 
saying men don't sing at church. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I met. So let's let's use that to get into our segment here because I had a thought. As soon, I'm glad you brought that up. So we're gonna start a segment for uh, I don't know a couple of weeks now as we get bored of like what happened with our sermons on Sunday. So we. I feel like you and I, this is bias, obviously, have hit probably our best mode of preaching since we started the church, where it feels, man, almost every week, I feel like it's good. There's some weeks where it's not, but like for me, um, but I feel like, man, we're both really doing probably our best work, Mm -hmm. if you look at it that way. Um, And so, but one thing that Jason and I always have is what I should have said and I didn't. Yep. Um, I have what I was going to say. I went over that more and I said it, but it didn't come out. And sometimes I think that was God saying, you probably shouldn't have said that. Or maybe it was my brain just forgetting things. Um, or in hindsight, oh, I should have said this. Well, I think like what Uh, I said, I didn't mean to say. What I, oh, and what I said, I didn't mean to say. I have those a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's going to be our series here for a little bit of just, if you, I think it would probably be interesting if you didn't tune in on Sundays, but if you did, you'd be like, oh, okay. Um, so, so start with that. So, like, let's go to that just because so you said it and I had a thought as soon as you said it. Well, so the microphone was a little hot Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I, the way I told that story, I, I punctuated my – so I tell the story about, like, the idea that the Pharisees are trying to hold back people that are praising Jesus from praising Jesus and that there's active forces in our lives that call us to hold back to, like – basic point right and so the story i told was one of the first times i ever went to church was on sixth grade and sixth grade easter sunday and i stood up and everybody stood up and we started singing and i'm a terrible singer and i was real squeaky voice then and i started singing as loud as i could and my dad snapped at me and said hey men don't sing and we went back and he stood there stoically and i looked around and that that was actually true like most of the men there were some like there were Mm -hmm. men in the choir they were like it wasn't a hundred percent rule but in my in my dad's culture whatever he believed but I think part of the way I told that story made it more severe yes. for other people. Kind I of agree. the way I hit the snap. Yeah. Like I heard the well, snap. Well, so you didn't say, you told, A, so A, you told the story really well. It was a really well-told story because everyone was engaged. Yeah. Uh, you didn't tell it as flippantly as you just told yeah, now. And when you said that, there were A, audible gasps. Yes, yes. And I think for at least, I bet people didn't hear what you said for at least a couple minutes after because they were all thinking, oh, poor Jason. Like, they were (laughs) like, oh my gosh, this man, what is, what did this, and then, or, or people were like, that's toxic masculinity, look what it's done. Um, To the point where that story could be used later for something like that. But like that, I was like, I immediately leaned over whoever was sitting, I was sitting next to Kathy Neely, I think, and I was like. Uh, man, everyone right now is concerned for Jason. <laughs> and like, that was where everyone was like, oh, cause, and yeah, you told it really yeah. well and it had a good end. And I, whatever you were talking about with the Pharisees, that, uh, was overshadowed by this, like, oh man, I can't believe that happened. Like, I can't believe that guy did that. I can't believe like, blah, blah, blah. So what I'm realizing, <laughs> what I'm realizing is A, we all grow up with a normal that isn't anybody else's normal. And so when right. we let people in on our normal, they're yeah. shocked by it. Like, for all the interactions I had with my dad, that's that's a pretty benign one. Right. Like, I've had lots of really unhealthy interactions with my dad growing up. That one's a pretty... Right. Like, I look back and I sort of laugh about that one. Yeah. Um, so for me, it wasn't that traumatic. Yeah. As a, but it made it left a mark. 
Um, and it did leave a mark in terms of what I think about worship and what I think proper response and praise. Right. And Lord but Jesus. you retaliated against that. For sure. <laughs> Whereas, like, I think if people didn't know you, like, if anyone who knows you is like, oh, okay, Jason's not that. He's actually the opposite when it comes right. to worship. Right. Um, but I was like, oh, I wonder what that makes people think of bearded Jason yeah. up there talking about, like, blah, blah. Uh, People respond, like, and people were sending me messages, like, somebody sent me a message about, like, some song that they listened to that helped them get through their, like, really <laughs> traumatic relationship with their father. And, and not that, and I think I've talked about that here, but, like, my dad and I's trauma on our relationship was really, really, really healed 15 years ago, right before Leo was born. Yeah. So it's been a while. So like we've gone through our own growth process. So yeah. I don't think of those stories as well, or like, hey, when you want to hear my childhood, that's the least yeah, of yeah, what's sure. going on. For sure. <laughs> um, but that's actually a good example of a story that afterwards I was like, man, that wasn't in the notes. So oh, it wasn't in the notes. <laughs> no, oh, interesting. Not at all. So what made me tell that story now? Mm. But it dug in on like what I think because I'm really in. I really think I don't think we think enough about worship on Sunday mornings as a legend community mm-hmm. like we have the form of singing songs preaching doing communion singing songs and that's just what we do mm-hmm. but i don't think people think about why why should i sing a song why should i why is it worth standing up with my squeaky voice and being embarrassed on a sunday morning or mm-hmm. not being embarrassed being the the example i would have always used in scripture on that story is david david's undignified right i'll be mm-hmm. undign- i'll show you undignified um, well, and then we have a woman who sits in the back who waves her hands, who yeah. worships in a way that the rest of the church doesn't. And she actually asked Monty, our worship okay? leader, hey, is it okay? And, of course, he was like, yeah, I wish more people. Yeah. Uh, they did this week because they had palm branches. They did. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised at how many people were waving them. Like, yeah. like he wouldn't mind me saying, Matt Cable in the back was, yeah. like, waving it like a wild yeah. male. I was yeah. like, man, he's... He was like, I was trying to get my kids' attention. I was like, all right, but still. So, yeah, so that's a good example. That happened. There was another story. I t- actually, there was a one-liner joke I told this Sunday. It wasn't hurt- it wasn't hurtful generally or it wasn't, like, inappropriate generally, but I said it. And I was like, oh, no, I wonder if that went too far. Ooh, I made a joke about my joke? brother, about my parents. may decide to go to church when I was a little bit. Oh, uh, no, it was good. I, thought, I think generally it's fine. I think it's good because if people know your brother, you're like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. If people don't. Uh, then it's like, oh, okay, it's made a sibling joke. I thought, I thought it was pretty benign. Um, uh, one of our elders pointed out that I oversold the intensity of our mm. Easter, Easter morning. I think, yeah, yeah. Pro- I think I probably did, but I really was trying to set expectations for people just to understand that our Easter is not like anybody else's yeah. Easter. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I was thinking about today, for me, it's a long day. It's, <laughs> well, That's it. Because I like to go over my sermon before the Sunday. But we're going to have a sunrise service and then go straight into, and like, so that means I get up at 4, yeah. 4.30 this yeah. Sunday, well, and then by 3, I am done. We don't teach with our families in the morning, like, yeah. Easter Bunny celebration with our kids, or never has been, because oh, yeah. I'm always at church on Sunday yeah. morning. I think we do, but it, Easter, the Easter Bunny stuff has always been so... Bastard stepchild. Light, <laughs> like, yeah, it's there, you can find it. You know, it's when they were little, it was more exciting, but now they're just like... All right, you got some. Yeah. You got some candy. Right. Well, and I don't know if you feel this way. Um, I am. Kristen still likes to hide the baskets. Oh, that's fine. Kim's mom likes to hide the baskets from our kids. I never did that. Uh, ours never was did that. that wasn't a, ours was we woke up and all of them were just sitting on the couch. Yeah. 
And like, ah, oh, he brought them, threw them in her house. Was like, it, did it approach the extravagance of Christmas in terms of the expensiveness of the gifts? Uh, yeah, so that was actually a difference too. Kristen is real with just some candy, Kim just candy. Big on, Kim big on and she, I gifts. think she always does like a summertime gift. Here's a, sure. and she, she always likes to do balls. Like mm. she's always into like, well, I think they always need uh, Christmas. They always need like a cake ball, or I'm like, yeah. well, anyways. So she always does stuff, but. My, I, so I didn't love candy growing up, mm. like a ton. I mean, I liked it, I didn't like chocolate. Right, right. So my parents, I always got a Nintendo game. Like, and my parents weren't like rich or anything like that. It was like a big deal. Um, and because I only remember because there was one Sunday I got this gift, I got this Nintendo game and I went up and was playing and my parents left me. They didn't know. <laughs> they got, they thought I was there. They got to church and thought I was there. So it was around <laughs> like 10 o'clock. I... And I'm like, oh, I think we probably should have been to church by now. And I go downstairs and everyone's gone. And so then the phone rang at some point and it was my mom like, are you home? We've been looking for you. And I'm like, yeah, you left me. They got raptured. <laughs> yeah, they thought they, I was there. So the I think they've done a video game for like a couple years ago. They put out a new Pokemon around Easter mm. or it was, um, whatever it was, the kids both got the same game. Like mm-hmm. the same game. So, like, that's a 50 or $60 purchase, but that would be the max I think we'd ever yeah. get on Easter. But, um... It feels... But, so, the here's why I think Sunday, Easter Sunday feels so long. A, it's three different events. And planning at three events the same day. Yeah. I think you and I have to be more cautious about, like, because people drink champagne all day and are having a lot of fun, being the person who has to stay sober while everybody else is drinking too much is always exhausting. Yeah. And I probably, I, pro- I started paying more attention to how much champagne I drink on Sunday morning, on Easter Sunday morning, yeah. a couple years ago, because I don't want, I don't want that to be a side distraction. I don't yeah, want that well, I be- can't function if I'm right. drinking, so I have to like. Right, one glass. Um, the uh, mine is, I am, am like emotionally and uh, ex- and uh, not, um, you know, I'm talking to so many people, yes. yeah, yeah. just communally exhausted like and i want to make sure everyone feels welcome i want to make yeah, sure everyone yeah. feels like they've been seen blah, blah, blah. and i don't rely on the other people to do that so right. i so i am just like uh, there's a lot of times i just want to go hide i'm just go hide back here and let everyone leave yeah. and i just didn't get a chance to see you sorry but because but it's the nt right quote about like what happens on Easter sunday you have service you go away exhausted yeah right it's the and that makes sense I, it's i'm looking forward to it this year because we've got so many new people and I do think it's a different type of celebration. I'm experienced. I'm excited for them to experience it. So, how often do you think, like, so you told us story about your dad? It wasn't in your notes. Do you think that's God? Do you think that's not God? Do you yeah. think that's just your brain? I do it all the time. It's why when I rehearse a sermon at home, it's 25 minutes, and when I'm done on Sunday morning, it's 37. It's not. It doesn't happen to me often where I add something. It happens to me often where I forget something more I than add I stuff add all the time. And I really do try to feel out. So that story is a great example. I wanted that sermon to be about how Jesus becomes king. And about like the idea of what mm-hmm. it means to have a king and to be obedient to that king and to honor the work of that king. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's where that comes from. That sermon was drifting and that story definitely pushed it into like interactive or more, I don't know if the right word, participatory or heartfelt worship. Mm-hmm. Like actual worship of what that means, and they're they're related ideas. Yeah, but that story made it feel like that sermon was going a different direction than I'd originally thought. Right? Is that how you start? Is yours always a thought? I mine, want everyone to think this. Mine's always a, like I want one idea. Like I should be able to mm-hmm. in the introduction before we start the music 
give you one sentence that makes the rest of Sunday morning. If you believe me, yeah, good. The, the, everything else we do in sermons is either yeah. illustrating or proving or I think this, here's why biblically or here's why logically, yeah. or here's why experientially, whatever. But I start with a main idea. And yeah. Everything has to come to that. It's an odd thing, the sermon. It's, yeah. That it still goes, that it's still yes. around. It's an odd thing. Well, and I still think it's true. I, I don't think anybody dislikes our sermons. I don't think anybody thinks they're bad. I think most people think they're good. I don't think people are church because of our sermons. Right. There are some people that really do connect to that, and they've told me about yeah. that. Well, what I've come to realize, because for a while I was like, what do we do? Anyone could go read the same things or That's blah, right. blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That. But they don't. <laughs> but they don't. <laughs> And so people aren't thinking about it throughout their week. Yeah, that's right. And so they come and they get reminded. Oh, yeah. Because that's what happens. They're always like, you said that. Every now and then it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, which actually my favorite thing that ever happened was you last week being like, I didn't know that. I was like, what? Never once had I connected those details about your um, the, uh So, but I tend to, so I pray pretty hard on Sundays about, or God, whatever, I just went through mm-hmm. this. There's probably stuff in there you don't want said. And there's probably stuff you want said. So I always think, I guess I didn't say that because I didn't mean. But every now and then I'm like, no, I should have pushed this harder. I should have. I didn't. Why didn't I do that? Like, I. So back to what you said earlier about feeling like we're hitting our stride. I have stopped trying to be a seminary professor in my sermons. Uh, you've gotten very in a good way preaching. preaching. <laughs> this past Sunday, like you get very like. Uh, like Dwight Schrute, like ba bam, ba bam, ba bam, ba bam, but do this and I do this, and I like it. It's good. Yeah. I but it's always big picture concept. So if the question of the same is what you would do different or what you would rehash, there's a book by N. T. Wright called How God Became King, and it's a study of like how king language really finds its way into the gospel for this weird this weird message about him an impoverished like savior. If I was going to redo it, I would go back with a three part here's what you should do to make Jesus king of your life oh. this week in your sermon or in your life like so tomorrow morning go do this go do this go do this, this, this. Go this like what to look for what's like I and I probably would show the the clip from Lord of the Rings where um, Lord of the Rings clip what where Aragorn crowns the hobbits oh that's still I, I, I've seen it three times I'll cry every time that, that would have been one. the basis of my scene you bow to no one that um that whole coronation scene of Gandalf's wisdom, Gimli's hard work, yeah. in making stuff, Aragorn's fulfillment of prophecy, like those kind of things. Those are the thoughts. I wanted our folks to be able to walk out and say, I am king of my own life, generally. If if Jason was right, then my life would be better if Jesus was king. Mm. How do I, I forget to turn that off. Um, how do I make Jesus king? I think is a really good question for us to be asking ourselves. Yeah. And, um, and it probably doesn't lend itself towards an easy outlined answer but if i would if i was a better if i was better organized i would have written that sermon three weeks ago and i would have read the book by nt right yeah and had ideas. i sit there because i try to i don't know how you are with me but i you know i look forward to you preaching so i get to process something mm-hmm. but it always i'll have one thing that hits me probably about halfway through mm-hmm. and that's what i think about the rest Most of the time, time. usually so my but th- your cadence when you do a thing it snaps yeah. me out of that and pulls me back into my it, which assumption is, good. is that my assumption is that everybody does does that so I try to restate my main idea three or four mm-hmm. different times in three or four different ways and three or four different examples so if I miss you the first time I cat or if yeah. I because I was telling I was telling one of our elders the other day that 
you and I process like I still process every idea like it like it's geometry proof. Right. So I go through if if a plus b equals c, and I give you a or b, you should know what c is. If I give you c and a, you should right. know what b is. Right. I do think about it like that. I said, Justin, your sermons always feel like you've drawn a circle around an idea. And you're going to pass around on all sides mm. in a tightening spiral towards that idea. Oh, that's good. I'm, like that's the way I imagine yeah. you doing it. And so you might like you similar to like restating the idea, but like every time is going to be on a different angle or a different mm. different face of that idea. But it spirals. It's, it swims around it. Yeah. So what the one the thing that I got from yours this past week was. I I've been trying to when I prayed like say different words to God mm-hmm. like. Um, I've been reading, Mary Beth always said, good God. Mm. Everything was good yeah. God, good God, good Father. Yeah. And I like that. So I was adopting some of that language. But this week, I prayed King ah. uh, from yours. I was like, oh, I'm going to say, I like that. I like, I don't always think of it that way. It was good. I, I liked switching my terminology up with that, too. So that's, if I had to do one thing, like, my sermon idea for the last, probably since this year started, maybe over the last year, has been bigger picture stuff with way less... Do this, do this, then do this. This week, here's three tasks. Yeah. Uh, Kim likes it when I give, here's three tasks. Yeah. Do this, here's something to do with yeah, this. Yeah, Kim's going to go do it. She's going to go do it immediately. <laughs> and it's cool. And with Kim, I probably, because she trusts you and I, we don't have to get up there and prove it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go into the language. I don't have to go into the history. She's going to say, Jason, I assume that Jason just has done the work. If they say this is true... I know they're going to be trustworthy. So yeah. do what they tell me to do. So I, so I actually, I thought about that with yours this week, too. I sometimes fall in the trap of trying to, I know who's out there and I know who's new. Oh, I need to explain this. So there's one thing I'll say a lot and I don't need to, but I I always went, I'll say that this is the real history. Like, no, this like, I want you to know that a lot of this isn't made up. Like now I'm going to get to some application that I'm choosing to believe that happened. AKA the resurrection that, but you know, when I, when you talk about Jesus entering and these people showing up with palm branches, um, that really happened. Like, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a place in history where yeah. this odd thing happened. Yeah. Uh, and you did, I, and what made me think of that is because you talked about, um, and I, I just wonder if people hear it or if they connect it, like it wasn't the first, it wasn't the first Messiah to rise, yeah, yeah. man, to come into the King. Um, although do the people, do you, do you think in terms of like, all right, guys, we're going to do this. I'm coming in on the donkey. People are going to connect it. Are they staged? No, like, do they take them? Do they take them ahead? Like, hey, get it. Like, and then I don't say that. I'm not saying that in a malicious way. Yeah, yeah, no. But like, it almost seems like when you were talking about it, I was like, I was wondering, oh, are they staged? Did they? Did they I never thought of it that way. So, hey, guys, you need to go and do this so that everyone knows. So the weird story there, I think, is the going to get the donkey story where where the, the donkey's owner already knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, hey, man, if you tell him, you tell him the king needs him, he's going to say, okay. Yeah. That story, I think, it has a little bit of a weird supernatural bend to it. I don't, I haven't said it. Uh, I think one of my professors was talking about that is in there to show you that Jesus knew exactly what he was, was doing. He, and he was in control of the situation. Right, right. So him going to Jerusalem wasn't a, the same story happened he was in control. Like, I think that Thursday. was like, yeah, I'm in control here. Yeah, I think that's probably right. So I think I think they didn't have to stage it because 
Jesus was clear about what he was saying. Like, the actions. Jesus is... I mean, people just hanging out in palm branches ready? Snag one off the tree? I saw something online the other day that went through. They, are they just lots of them hanging around? I think there are probably lots of them more hanging <laughs> around. Everyone grab a branch. But I Start think it. If, if Matthew and Luke are right, everything from, from his birth to that moment has been, there's one direction this can go. Right. This wasn't a surprise that he showed up on the Mount of Olives. It wasn't a surprise that he rode on the... Once he goes and gets the donkey, everybody knows what's happening. Right. You have to know what's happening there if you're paying attention to the story. But it's also... This is where I think I get dangerous, and I don't have an answer for this question. Um, it's also a question of how much the writer is massaging the story. So right. I was reading through, for our Bible in a year, I was reading a commentary on David yesterday, and they were going through, like, the... Because I know you don't like the fall of Saul. Mm-hmm. And the as you read through the story, it's not just the one sacrifice; it's repeated times. Right, he but, goes in the city and kill everyone, which yeah. doesn't sound that bad. Well, you gave mercy to some people. So but this again, commentary yeah. idea was that not that is that later writers, writers like six, seven hundred years later, really had to try to make sense of why Saul was no longer king. So mm. the historical fact is that Saul's kingdom ends before it should have. Right, David starts probably before it should have. Yeah, yeah. Then there's all these traditions floating around. So then we're organizing them in such a way to point towards a story about obedience. So they have a they have an agenda they want to like communicate. Right. Um, and so really, what might be happening is that they probably feel the same way you do. Like, ah, man, this feels disproportionate. Right. Like, especially given the grace that later kings receive from God. Right. But then this guy makes the point to read the story then and go read David. Saul. The final one is where Saul is sort of deposed and the spirit leaves him is the Amalekite story, and it's real clear that because Saul did what the people did, told him, that's why God's frustrated. And so later when God is giving them, like, terms to David, he says, if you walk me in righteousness, it doesn't say anything about the people. Yeah. All through Saul, like, yeah. God has adjusted. Well, David was the man of God's own heart, and obviously Saul wasn't. He did well, everything. But, but the point was, was that Saul and the people have to obey. Mm. By the time you get to King David, God's given up that demand for the people. <laughs> you know what? That's just a lot to ask. And so they go through... Just go ahead. They go, this author in his commentary went through, look at the trajectory of God that these authors writing five or six hundred years after the fact have articulated. Mm. That God is learning to adjust to us um which is a cool idea yeah yeah but it gets into like you're going to trip up somebody's idea of inspiration sometimes when you get right because i was thinking the other day we don't trust the authors of scripture we trust the editors of oh my pentecostal brothers they have the right well he went in witchcraft man <laughs> once you go into witchcraft that ain't happening anymore man but that happened after right i don't know man that's just, i just know that they're talking about it i'm like uh because i told i told somebody i was like that you never, I because like, oh, that's a demon. He talked to a demon. I was like, but the story doesn't say that. That's the right. story says it's mm-hmm. all. Or uh, Samuel right. came back from the, the and was mad that he like brought him. Like yeah. he's like, no, it was a demon. We all know it. Only demons come from which. I like that Pentecostals are always going to be country to me. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, well, so I think they. I think Pentecostals have huge play in like Latino cultures and. Um, in America, especially where Europe, yeah, yeah country. that's how it is. Um, but uh, I think there's the cool thing about that is is that that vision of the Jewish afterlife is exactly what people in Samuel's day thought. Right. Samuel didn't get no reward. Right. Sam, Samuel's best reward would have been like quiet rest. Right. Because no they go to just chill. chill. There's yeah. No, there's no. It's all. It's much much later that they start articulating anything differently. That'll screw with people's heads too. When you say yeah, that, yeah. Like that Samuel didn't believe that he was going to heaven, right, or hell. Yeah. Like the best thing, best case scenario was just rest, right. 
And you were blessed in this life, right? This life. Yeah. You had, you had, except Samuel wasn't, man. His sons are scoundrels. He doesn't have any land. Like, he's a weird one because he's a priest. Um, so he, oh, yeah. He his sons did not do it right. Um, that's why they want a king. He was always gone. He's an absentee father, man. He was, <laughs> he was always wandering around. Well, he wasn't there to instill good practices into him. He's right? Yeah. And, I think the I think you're supposed to see in that text that he is no longer a judge; he's a prophet. Yeah. Well, you get sort of it could, when the story with his uh, like apprentice or whatever who's who can hear God, yeah, but right, Samuel right, can't. Right. 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 In that him? No, it's the other way around. Oh, Eli. Eli. It was with Eli because Eli's sons didn't do it right yeah, either, right? Terrible. Eli. Never mind. Um, but uh, we forget we forget story formation. Yeah. And the Bible's a story that's been massaged with people, and so we trust them, and so. But I mean, that goes to. You've had this happen where you'll say a thing on Sunday morning and somebody will be like, so this Sunday is about kingdom and worship, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody will come up to be like, you know, after this sermon, you're right. I should go reconcile to my sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, what the hell did yep. you say? That's great. It's awesome that the Holy Spirit yeah. has spoken like that to you today. Yep. That happens all the time. Hey, nothing to do about it. So I admit, it's a good, I think it's a good reminder. I was thinking the other day, if I was in seminary now with all the kids I was in seminary with, they were all young. The amount of times I say, nobody cares about your sermon, man. You're putting yeah. like, and I, one of our one of the women in our church uh, who's been around for a long time. She said something else last week where she said um, she knows us, and so if we say something stupid, she's going to give us the benefit of the doubt, right? Or she's or she's got a long right. framework upon which to interpret the dumb things we say. Yeah. Which takes a lot of... Which is, yeah, especially when we know people who their only job for the church is to show up and speak on Sunday. Yeah. Like, you probably lose some of that element. You better be on. You better be right. So my job, primarily legend, is to meet with and encourage people, to help disciple people. Sunday morning is just one more venue that that happens a lot. When I always like the conversation, when someone's like, hey, you said this, and I don't know if I agree, or you said this, and I'm like, yeah, cool, now me and you get to talk about something that we weren't talking about before. but. So that's that's the new segment. The new segment. We'll see yeah, you next week if Easter sucked. Four, you're going to be out of town on Monday, right? No, I'll be here all next week. Oh, okay. It's okay. the week after. Okay. Um, four segments per podcast, right? Is that, is that standard for like 15-minute conversations? Yeah. I feel like right. that's normally about four completely different sort of things. You guys do how many for? Oh, uh, three. We have like our intro banter, then we always have like an... Uh, a game or a thing that we do a list and then we have talk about the movie oh four and then we do at home recommendations we do bible drills <laughs> yes I confess that I don't listen to cinema guys that's alright I just I don't listen to watch that many movies um I yeah I the criticism for that one is you have to really like movies to yeah, like it yeah for sure so it's just, I, the only thing I listen to right now though I took a weird turn I found a catholic podcast that does all like UFO level things. Ooh. But like there's one. I like mean, demons and possessions? Everything. everything I love like it. Supernatural or, or I still haven't cast out a demon yet. I'm trying. You need to quit fucking around with that. That's, <laughs> I'm going to, man. It's going to happen. I'm going to hold it in my hands, no strangle it, put it in a cage, a prayer, a prayer cage. No. I feel like this. Uh, man, that's, that's a good question. It's going to give me like lacerations on my face. It has to go cross one eye. Yeah. I'm have a dark period. Yes. Um, all right, let's have our band play us out.